everyone and welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast, where we discuss all sorts of things dramatic, even related. My name is Jesse. I am your host. Let's get into it. All right, folks. Well, we are here back with uh, Papa Olufsen, Fjallvatir Workshop, Sacred Trail Society. Good friend of mine, good brother of mine. Thanks for coming back on the show, dude. Well, thank you for having me back. It's always a joy uh, to sit down and uh, shoot the breeze with you. Yeah, yeah. Wish it was more of an in-person thing. Maybe one day we'll uh, we'll plan something around that, you know, bring the equipment and set up something kind of in studio, maybe. That would yeah. be a fun, that'd be a fun uh, variant. To, to, to the model of the of the podcast as it were <laughs> get a little zach galifianakis going what is it between two trees between two, yeah between two the ferns, ferns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me i've uh it took me a second when i first discovered that to realize that it was you know satire um or that you know the interviews were yes it's a real thing it was a real thing but it was it was totally scripted and, and it was meant to be you know just off the wall kooky and i yeah. some of the some of the was the one that he did with um brad pitt brad pitt just like spit his gum right in his face i was like that can't be real well, i mean it was real but it was scripted you know and <laughs> so but i don't think we i don't think we would get into any of that we would we would be between uh between between two drums maybe or something like that we could do a thing between two drums you know do that but we are here um last uh last before the end of last season i kind of put out a put out some feelers and asked some folks you know just hey if you got a topic or or something that you want to come on the show and talk about you know write in and let me know and even as close as you and i are you know you followed protocol i gotta say you know you, you, you sent in a really great email and put out a put out a topic i think that will be really uh really keen on on going over and that is you know you, your your email was topic uh or, or subject rather was uh you know shared roots and um the words that you put in the in the email if i'm just going to read to the people what you had said was you know the touches and influence of animism prevalent in many if not all branches of paganism many walks of stark contrast but the belief in possessing spirit or soul is something very shared. For example, in Norse paganism, uh, the life breath, I believe the, the word for that was earned, owned, uh, old Norse word. And it's that spirit breath, right? That, that, that soul breath, um, which is, you know, the gift from Odin to, uh, you know, the first man, the first woman, Osh and Embla, the Landvetir, the whites themselves, other faiths, beliefs, uh, believe in spirit guides, spirit animals, totems, the presence of spirit after death in ancient veneration, ancestral veneration, I should say, uh, altars for the dead, a place set at the table and more. All over the world, this is common ground and, and common bonds for for pagan people. And um, I was just, you know, I, I think of maybe for a lot of folks, but especially for myself, 
you know, when I first came into paganism, uh, the Germanic kind of, uh, you know, focus, Germanic heathenry, Norse paganism, uh, it didn't start off with me having a real clear understanding or appreciation for uh, the importance of, of, of the animistic side of things. But over the years and as I've grown, things have really, I, I found a, a very strong pull in that direction, you know, um, and, and finding syncretism or similarities in other beliefs, you know, not just Germanic pagan beliefs, but, you know, finding information from, from other cultures as well, whether it be, you know, Celtic, Baltic, Mediterranean, Slavic, um, or even things here native to the U.S., you know, some of the indigenous uh, native beliefs and, and how strong the, the animistic spirit is, is, is part of those, those old ways of thinking. I've always been drawn to that idea or uh, spirit of animism, but the more I got serious into my studies, I've been so fortunate to study and learn with uh, so many people from different cultures around the world. And through learning with them, have been able to, you know, follow those roots down through the soil. And so many of them, and I'm not talking about universalist ideology, but the real fact that so many of those roots, although unique, individual, and their own, tend to draw from the same well, um, that well being belief in spirit. Yeah. When you say you've, uh, you, you've gotten the chance to, you know, learn from and, and study with others, who are, or maybe what are some, uh, if you have names or you want to drop, that's fine too, but like, what are some of those beliefs that you've been given the opportunity to, you know, learn in, in your studies besides, you know, your native ancestry, some of the, the Norse or Germanic stuff, maybe that you've tapped into anything else that you I won't do um, a whole lot of name dropping uh, without those people's permission, but um, a lot of great people in Scandinavian uh, and old Norse mythology and their creation stories and, and people in Sweden, Iceland that I've got to spend time with and work with, um, Siberian shamanism, Mongolian, and even a variety of Japanese shamanism called Itaku, um, Toltec here in North America, out of ancient Mexico. Uh, lots of amazing, amazing people putting a lot of time and study into uh, their roots and their traditions um, that have all but been snuffed out by our modern ways and modern progress uh, where we're going as a society we're becoming more technological and so we're losing a lot of those uh, more spiritual things that have been so important to so many people throughout history the westernization of of this or the western mindset um you mentioned earlier this you know universal uh or universalism universalist uh you know, it, it's, I see that a lot, or at least in our area too, right? Where, um, like, I, I, I love the inclusivity, you know, the, 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 the desire to want to be inclusive and, and have a group of people to get together and, and share with an experience. Um, and I'm also, 
a bit like what are we sharing in you know is it just you know everybody's just doing everything to try to you know be accepting of one another or are, is 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 there things that we can be focusing on that are very specific to what people want because you know i mean like <clears throat> i'll use just the term paganism in general is an umbrella term i mean it could it could encompass any non-traditional polytheistic belief system where you know you 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 have a belief in 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 more than one deity uh in, in terms of the divine and the sacred and then there's usually what goes with that is a lot of the stuff like we're starting to talk about now you know the um the lesser spirits that we coexist with whether it be the spirit of the land our ancestors you know that sort of thing um and and uh you know the the the, the traditions of one culture you know whether it be Germanic or Mediterranean or, or Baltic or Slavic or Mongolian or Asiatic or whatever it might be, um, you know, is, is if, are, are we, are we becoming too watered down with this, this, this desire to be, be accepting of everybody and be inclusive or inclusive of everybody? Are, are we losing sight of uh, the roots? You know what I mean? Um, are, are, are we becoming too, are we living too much on the edges of the branches? Um, and, I think and that inclusivity is um, great, but I also think there are layers to it. Uh, some things it's most appropriate to only appreciate. Um, if you cross that line, you go to appropriating, and that's not yeah. okay. Right. So there are certain things that are unique to cultures and traditions that are unique to cultures and communities and should be that way and kept that way. They should be reserved for those peoples who have lived in those traditions to maintain and be able to pass on to their unique community and culture. Yeah, that's always, I think that's a really fine line. And I was wondering, you know, with you having been given the chance to learn from different cultures and, and talk to people from different walks of life and, places where those traditions um haven't been forgotten you know maybe they're not as prevalent as they once were but they haven't been forgotten it, it, it exists in in you know their architecture their their the, the the names of their cities their towns right their place names like there's so much of some of these you know cultures that that uh you know those traditions live on in, in their day-to-day -day lives. And, and, and what I was getting to was that, you know, you mentioned appropriation and that seems to be something that just gets thrown around. So frivolously, I want to say, you know, it's like, uh, you know, if, if they, if some, like, let's just say someone like, that looks like me, you know what I mean? Bare skin, blonde hair, right. I don't have the, the quintessential look of, let's say someone like you who has, you know, the doll of tones, the darker skin, you know, you look more native indigenous, like, like, you know what I'm saying? You have those kind of features, you know, where, and then someone like me who is, you know, maybe, you know, wearing certain styles of clothing or dressing in a certain way, you know, how that could be misinterpreted as, well, here's this, you know, this white guy, you know, appropriating the, 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 the traditions or something of, of, of another, of another culture. And I'm like, First of all, you know, 
there's native in me too, right? And and while I may not have everything like written down or I don't know everything about it, like I've got native ancestry first of all, you know, and and maybe what I'm trying to do is 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 learn more about those bits of my heritage that have kind of been lost through my family's practices, right? Like we didn't touch that on that side of, of the family tree that much and really trying to connect with those roots more, not trying to appropriate something that isn't mine, but trying to learn more about something that is a part of me. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you've, if you've encountered that a lot through your studies and, and, and experiences where people look at you or, or, or see and be going, what do you, what business do you have? doing what you're doing or, or anything like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I think one of the greatest things that a person can do for themselves when uh, concerned about potential appropriation is first learn the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Um, there are a great many number of cultures, communities, tribes who appreciate the celebration, um, even from outsiders about their craft, their work, what they do. Um, helping to continue to tell their story. Uh, but then there is that line crossing over into appropriation, and that's where you're taking away from a culture um, for your own benefit. So if you were to dress up, um, put on regalia, and go around and uh, sell something like white sage and be paid for it, mm -hmm. uh, that's absolutely appropriation. Uh, that is not of your culture, and you're taking away from someone else's. Yeah. Uh, there were a great many times that I've been in a situation where I was able to witness ritual ceremony, um, be it dances or healing traditions. And there were some that I was surprised to be invited to participate in. Um, they looked very formal and I was not of that culture. I was there to learn and appreciate, um, but it was extended an invitation. And then there were also a great many times that I was asked to spectate only. Now, what right would I have in that community when asked to spectate and respect uh, what's happening before me to go out and cry? Uh, they weren't inclusive of me. That would seem kind of silly, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So inclusivity is a great thing. Um, appreciation is a great thing. Appropriation is a bad thing. But uh, learn what these things mean. Uh, there's your social media definition of a lot of things and then there's the actual definition yeah well that too it you know um i saw a, a post not all that long ago talking about you know social media i mean first of all like that's that's a whole thing in and itself right um there's a lot of uh fan fiction type stuff there's a lot of people that like to play dress up you know larping um and that can that that shapes you know, that, that chafes, I should say, you know, that chaps some people's asses <laughs> um, with, you know, how they're, how they're uh, putting on this, you know, appearance, right? Um, I, like one thing that, that comes to mind is the, um, the, uh, that, that, that face paint that like the line of on the lip or the chin, the chin stripe, um, which is very specific to a specific culture, you know, and it's not, you know, Norse Germanic, but you'll see these, you know, women particularly will, will, will put on this, you know, like Valkyrie type idea. And it's very artistically, you know, interesting to see like their take on what they would think a Valkyrie would look like or a shield maiden, this thing, that or the other. But when they when they do that, that line on the chin, 
um uh, you know people may not realize but that 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 is that a form of of cultural appropriation because this is not a symbol that we that that exists in that culture and and why would you put that why would you adopt that look when you're doing your like come up with something else like be creative in your own way don't take that which is something very specific to a specific culture and and turn it into this you know uh dress up sort of sort of thing you know like you were talking about like putting on regalia um that is not part of your culture that's not part of your heritage and and using it as as some sort of gain monetary or otherwise you know and with the line thing and i've heard a lot about that and i've seen it a lot and i've seen a lot of complaining about it and i understand that it is um, unique to a lot of indigenous populations there's one in particular that gets mentioned as um, reference in debunking this did um, the norse or the volva um, use this style of face paint and even though this one community uh, it means a great deal to it has very significant meaning um, to have that they're not the only people around the world to do that i mean you've mm -hmm. only got so much room on your face and you can only put a line so many places so surely they're not the only people in the world to have ever put a line on their chin i think um, a lot of the big problem that people are running into and getting upset or um, angry about the people practicing Norse paganism, including that in their face paint get up or whatever, is that they don't have a source of reference to say that this is a part yeah. of that um, style or that tradition there. But at the same time, you don't have much all that you can cite or reference when it comes to um, some of those things. So much was lost from Scandinavia during the Christianization, and they didn't record a whole lot. Um, everything was orally yeah. passed down, you know, it was, it's uh, even, I know, I know a gentleman who um, I, I became familiar with who's um, of Icelandic descent here in this area. And his, uh, he lived for a time with his great, great grandfather who was Icelandic and um, his, his great, great grandfather taught him orally through oral, through the, through the oral traditions, how his, how he was taught how to read runes, you know what I mean? Um, and I come to find out, like, from talking to this guy, he, uh, you know, nothing that he told me that he shared with me from his family's uh, traditions is, is anything like I've read in a book, seen online, followed in a video anywhere. Like, it was very specific to, you know, that, that family's uh, traditions. And again, it's not something that, was ever written down in a book anywhere that you could go back and be like, wow, that's how certain people in Iceland would have used runes and divination. Right. You know, now if, if me or someone else, let's say, uh, were to be given the privilege of learning this method through the oral traditions, right. Through being told about this, you know, that, to me is, is, is a, is a, is a very high honor, you know, and it's something like you were talking about being invited into something, um, that you otherwise wouldn't have never known about or been subject to, but you know, for what the reasons were, what they were, you get invited to be a part of it and to learn about it, you know, now that's one thing. 
it would be totally something different if through that learning process, you know, you go and you try and, and document it all down and then turn up and try to flip a profit on this knowledge, right? That would be, that would be dishonorable. That would be the, the appropriation thing that we're talking about, you know? Um, and there's people out there that will do it, man. Like you gotta be so careful. And I think that's probably why, um, we see a lot of, um, examples of what might be referred to as gatekeeping, you know, um, I think for some people, you know, it, it's, it's almost about like protecting that, that tree, protecting that, that thing that you've, you know, been nurtured from yourself and not wanting any, any outside, you know, uh, influence to like poison or infiltrate the root systems of that tree and, and, and quench its growth or, or harm its growth in any sort of way. I, I wonder if, if so much of what we see in, 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 in forms of gatekeeping comes from a place of that. I'm sure there's definitely examples of people just being jerks and not wanting to, you know, share knowledge and, 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 and sort of thing. But, you know, I, I wonder if, uh, if if people get so enamored with with the roots, you know, and, and, and where they've come from and, and, and learning things that they've learned that they that they want to safeguard it to the point where they don't let anything else nurture it and how 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 have things been able to grow if not by being able to branch you know if not for those roots to spread you know what i mean it's it's not that that the growth happens when the roots are going straight down it's 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 growth that happens as the roots kind of spread out and and are nurtured by other things around it we it this this is something that happens in nature well, i think know. that it's um it's important for uh, those fruits i guess to be shared um so mm. if you've got this family who for generations have had this apple tree we'll just go with an apple tree on the property and they are the best apples to eat and they've shared them all over the community everybody loves these apples but then more people come from other communities other places um, other counties across the river over the mountains and then they want to start doing something a little bit different yeah we like the taste of these apples too and they were given to us um, or free for us to use, but I want to use the name of this family. And instead of eating the apple, I want to make apple butter and somebody else wants to make apple pies and somebody else wants to make fried apples and somebody else wants to do something else with that, with that fruit. And then it changes it. And so I absolutely understand people wanting to uh, protect that tree for what it is and uh, what it's supposed to be, what they've cherished it for. Yeah. But yeah, um, in the sharing thing, the best I could think of was that uh, so many of those roots do tap into the same well, and that being that belief in spirit. Uh, animism comes from a Latin word, anima, and believe it or not, we were just talking about that Norse connection um, with Odin and the life breath or und. Uh, anima translates to breath or spirit or soul. So animism is the by definition, belief in that breath, that spirit, that soul, and that all things possess that. Yeah. I think of another word, um, main, it's mm -hmm. like M M ash G N may M A M A E G N or M A G E N main, main, 
um, I think is the pronunciation for it. And it's uh, everything has it, you know, we possess it, but everything has it. And, and uh, it, you know, it may, it may not be the same thing as, as what you're referring to in terms of just that, that life breath, right? Like the thing that even if you're sitting by the river, you know, um, or near a waterfall, right? That waterfall has its own breath. You can hear it through the rushing of the water. You know, the trees have their own breath. If you stop and listen, you know, through the, through the, the, the branches and the leaves and stuff as, as the wind blows, like that's, that's all coming. It exists because of them, right? Like we share in that re reciprocal giving of life. Um, even the rocks and, 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 and the non-animated things, you know what I mean? Like, uh, they all have a life force. They all have that mane. They all have that um, spirit contained in them that, you know, it took me a long time uh, throughout my life to even get to a point of realizing that. And I think once I did, it really opened up opportunities for me to grow as a person, to grow as a living being myself mm -hmm. and to realize that it's not just, you know, it's not just me out here. It's not just people out here. It ain't even just me and the animals, right? Like, because I think we, we can, we can, we almost get, um, one track mind when we, when we think of what is living, right? Ten, I think we tend to, as humans, just think that living means, you know, something like us, right? We're, we're standing, we're breathing, we're speaking, we have a voice. There's, you know, the in and out of our breath that, that you can see what, you know, happening in front of you, even in the animal kingdom. I think and, that's definitely you know, a, um, a key to understanding animism, especially from the outside looking in is what you consider life to be. Uh, like you were just saying, we've come to a place now where we think of life as mainly just ourselves. Um, mm -hmm we have domain over the plant and animal life and we kind of put ourselves up above it in a way. And so to a lot of us, life is to have a heartbeat, um, to be breathing. Uh, but when you understand life to be energy, uh, that's where you can see that the plants have life, animals have life. Um, the river has energy. So the river is life. The wind is life. And uh, they all have energy. And if you don't believe those things have energy, then why do we have um, hydroelectric dams and wind turbines? Yeah. They have Solar energy. energy life. Power, yeah. So that is a key that helps a lot of people understand um, when they're first learning about animism. Um, from the inside looking out, the best I could describe it is um, an understanding that leads to a way of living. That understanding that there is life in everything around us. There is an energy in everything around us. So that warrants a respect for those things that we don't normally have. Otherwise uh, we're missing that connection. And so we don't pay the same respect that we do uh, outside of that understanding uh, from the outside looking in animism is going to be defined as uh, the idea or belief that all things um, contain spirit or soul. Yeah. And I think once we once we change our perspective through that learning, um, you know, as you say, as you put it, you know, from, you know, inside looking out versus outside looking in, you know, being a part of being a part of it all, 
knowing that we're a part of all that we've always been a part of it all but but really embracing that inclusivity um and and knowing that uh we're 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 we're, we're all in a shared experience you know those roots that we're talking about sharing um it goes beyond our shared experiences with people and cultures and traditions and things it, it, it goes way deeper than that and it goes into the shared roots of life that we have they have and and we're all kind of part of that experience maybe experiencing things in our own individual ways but ultimately having a connection through through that root system through that web of weird as it were right to to, mm -hmm. to know that we're, we're intertwined everything's intertwined another way to think about that web of weird um I know we imagine it a lot when we think of the concept as it being something out in space, but uh, that thing that connects so many things, the mycelial network um, that you see through mm -hmm. fungi, um, they're connected to each other, they're connected to the trees and they're avenues of communication. And all those connections being made, even though these physical beings are so far apart, their roots aren't actually connected, but they are connected by a network. Yeah. And and the network is is it, it it is living. I mean, it's it's a living, breathing thing. Like I, I saw something, um, uh, you know, talking about the mycelial network and and how um, rhythm, uh, the heartbeat, right? Our our heartbeat, but also drum beats specifically is is what the the topic was. And um, when we talk about stuff like animism um you, you almost can't avoid talking about things like drums and 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 the shamanic drum circles or or just experiencing a drum beat um on the earth and with the earth you know and and how that stimulates growth how it stimulates life how it how it revives and how it invigorates the the everything that's happening kind of beneath beneath our feet you know um why do we feel so invigorated why do we feel so much better when we are walking on the ground barefoot where we're creating that vibration where we're, we're we're connecting ourselves negative those negative charges right that that are, are happening beneath our feet they're 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 coming through us and, and we're our life heartbeat is is now connected through to the earth's heartbeat and then the drums add to that charge of, of the experience and i mean and you can't I, I i challenge anybody to feel like you're kind of down in the dumps take your socks and shoes off put your bare feet on the ground drum maybe even if you don't have a, a, a an animal skin drum like i mean just sticks and rocks like you know just create that create that rhythm do something to 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 stimulate that even if it's for just a short period of time and then i challenge anybody to do to do that and then not feel better exponentially because of it physically emotionally spiritually just feeling like you're revived and recharged because you're, you're you're tapping into that root system at a very primal level at that level that it's always been there we're just we're so shielded from it you know our clothes our shoes or this and that our houses uh you know the, the 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 technology that is that is rampant these days that everybody is is so reliant on it seems you know the, the, these 
electrical currents, these charges, things that are blocking that that connection to those to those ancient root systems uh, that have been here for 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 time for, from time immemorial. Yeah, it's an amazing feeling, and uh, Jesse, like you were saying, even if you don't have a drum, uh, you can still get out there and take part and participate and experience that. Um, you can stomp your feet, uh, clap your hands, you can uh, drum on your chest, and there are so many ways to uh, play that heartbeat or that rhythm and cause that vibration uh, to play a drum or even to get your bare feet on the ground and walk around. It's like waking someone up to to talk to them. They're alive, they're asleep right now, but when you go and tap on someone who's asleep, uh, they wake up and can now talk with you. And that's the same thing that we do when we go out and spend time in nature that way, be it with a drum or in a dance. And you see that there are a lot of stomping steps in a lot of indigenous traditional dance. And that is making that vibration with the earth. Yeah, I got to experience my first uh, powwow this 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 year um, here in Nashville. The I think it was the 40, 42nd or 43rd annual uh nashville tennessee uh powwow and like it's one thing to watch you know videos online or see pictures of those types of things and that but that was my first one to actually be uh present for and see the the dances being performed and and being there in person you know so feeling the drum beats of the performers also feeling the the energy, the power, the, the, you know, the spirit, uh, of the warriors dancing of, of, of the people dancing. Um, and like you say, that kind of stomping, it may look like they're just like, there's no, uh, choreography or whatever to it. But I think the beauty of it is that it is seemingly unchoreographed. Like, you know, like, it, it ain't like a, a waltz or, or, uh, you know, uh, the mambo or any like, you know, ballroom type dance moves, but they are moves to, uh, be connected with the earth, you know, and, and, and to exchange in that, in that power. And like you say, you know, it's, it's not just, uh, something that we see in, in like, uh, North American indigenous dance. I mean, it's something, I've seen it in Slavic dances. I mean, Germanic dances. I mean, dancing itself is just is something that I don't think you could put a a specific origin on. I mean, it, it it's existed since we've been walking upright. I think you know. What I mean, when 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 you realize what that does to you, what it does to your body, what it does to your spirit, what it does to your existence, to get rhythm. To quote Johnny Cash, right? Get rhythm, man. I think dance absolutely had to um, begin in those earliest days of humankind through experiencing spirit. Um, yeah. You're not sad and down on the dumps and just get up and decide to start dancing around the house. And you dance when you feel something, uh, when you feel joy, elation, um, ecstasy, uh, when you feel and experience that spirit, that connection uh, that takes you up and lifts you, it causes you uh, to take your body up and lift it and dance. 
I would love to say, like, <clears throat> one of the things that um, here in our area, um, like, we do, I say we, I mean, like, I'm not in, intimately involved with it, but we there there are these, like, bi-weekly, uh, they call them P&Os, right, Pagan Night Out, but they're usually held during the day. Um, and, you know, they, 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 one week it might be, you know, at like a Dunkin' Donuts coffee place or something, right? Another play, another, another weekend. It's, it's, uh, here recently, it's, it's been going around this like, uh, metaphysical store in, in, a in a town, not, you know, just outside of the, the, the county line. Um, but like one of the things like we, we, we had one, uh, this past weekend and, uh, you know, some of the organizers, and you know, we were like, well, everybody that's here, everybody that comes to these things, what would you like to see happening um, with future P&Os, right? Instead of all, all of us just coming up here to like, you know, a Dunkin' Donuts or, or a restaurant or something and sitting around inside and talking, like what other things would you like to, to see? And, and one of the things I had suggested was to do drum circles. Obviously, you know, when when you talk about doing stuff like that outdoors, I mean, that, that's kind of it's like a weather permitting, you know, sort of thing. Obviously, nobody wants to be sitting around in the middle of a torrential downpour thunderstorm with animal skin drums or whatever. But when when it has, you know, uh, allows the opportunity is, you know, even if it's in like a, a sheltered pavilion, you know, get people out, bring those things and experience that togetherness. Um and it goes back to you know what we started talking about was you know that inclusivity and and how something that is universal like dance song music right the, these these universal languages think you know you don't need to have any cultural background in anything to get together and appreciate the beat the vibration of people drumming um Having one, having been a part of one at Fire on the Mountain last year, you know, and having that opportunity to 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 stand on the earth and drum with others, you know, like that wasn't my first time being around that something like that, like Shadow or uh, yeah, Shadow Moot last year uh, and the year before. You know, there's usually drumming going around the fire, but it just reminds me of of you know getting people together and, and including people in a way that is healing for them and their soul for, 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 for who they are as people and what and that's it can the do. great thing about community um, community can be comprised of people from many different cultures um, community can even develop culture within itself um, think about places like new york city um, those people are comprised of many many cultures but new york itself has developed a culture through that um, melting pot that they've been uh, known for right it's gotten that way around here too believe it or not i mean um maybe not on such a intricate scale but the the cultural diversity um that that exists here in middle tennessee is it is such a it's so vibrant i mean restaurants like you know it ain't just mexican restaurants it ain't just you know fast food joints i mean there's there's a lot of you know east asian southeast asian fusion places there's a lot of other latin culture places popping up there's indian uh places popping up and i mean so when you get stuff like that that's another way of of, of 
bringing people together is through food. I mean, when you get when you get a chance to sit and enjoy a meal together, right? That's that's another way of um, sharing roots because you've got you know this person's culture of of food, you know, make, you know, being shared with others, and and you learn about the culture too. And and that's another beautiful example, I think, of of sharing roots is 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 is, is sharing in meals. You know, something that's been lost, I think, in, in, in Western culture specifically is, is you know, it's, it's looked so much on as, uh, you know, what do I need to get quickly in my system so I can rush, 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 get on to the next task, the next meeting, the next this thing, that or the other. Whereas you go other places in the world that have longer and, and, and more intricate cultures, a part of, part of their existence. The food time, meal time is 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 a is a is a time to reconnect with your people, with your family, yeah, with your clients. Like you were saying, we don't even think about it the same anymore. Um, to sit down and share a meal is one of the most time honored traditions around the world. So many mm-hmm. cultures, so many communities, so many countries all over the world um, to offer someone a meal, sit down and share a meal together. And we've lost that meaning because it's so readily available to us now to just run out, pick something up, go to a restaurant, go to a fast food joint. Even the grocery store is very, very modern in terms of how long we've been eating. Uh, Food wasn't always easy to come by. You used to have to work your ass off uh, to have something to eat. And so to share that with someone, that was very meaningful. And you would definitely take the time to sit down and enjoy a meal, um, especially knowing how and where it came from. Yeah, you know, you you uh, you had to earn it. You either had to hunt for it, or you had to grow it and wait for it to reach its harvest. You know, time you couldn't pick. You know, pick your crops early. You know, you had to wait for them to ripen and 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 be ready. And yeah, so like, just having having gone through those um, those ordeals. And so it all comes full circle. Um, to appreciate that meal. Um, when you appreciate the plant that it came from, you appreciate and respect the animal that it came from. It means so much more. Yeah. Cause you appreciate the life, the spirit that there's gave a harmony you. that we're missing as modern society. Now that the ancients had a lot of our ancestors had, and it is that connection to the spirit around us. Um, by way of understanding that it exists in the first place. Yeah. When you get that understanding, like I said, it leads into a way of life. And in that way of life, you're able to reconnect and get back into that harmony with your surroundings. And I think that's missing for a lot of people right now. Look at the depression rates, people with anxiety. um, Oh, man all sorts of stress disorders, um, the anger, the violence, uh, people just being rude because they don't know how to be any other way. They're missing that harmony. The selfishness, you know, like I, t- I <clears throat> we, we, we touched on it earlier. I was saying, you know, uh, we, we, we have become in a way, um, I think conditioned to think of life as being very one, one-sided, one-dimensional. And how selfish is that? of us to become that we think that, you know, the only life that matters is mine. 
It's very maybe 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 a few other people that I like, you know what I mean? Um, not realizing just that life is precious all around us, and I and and I think what you're talking about really drills home a, uh, the idea is that you know when you start realizing these things, when you start applying these things, they become a part of your life, and then your quality of life is is better mm -hmm. uh you, you 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 yeah sure shit happens right i mean things happen that that kind of get on our nerves we we, be, we become you know affected and impacted by so many things that are part of our lives but i think when we take the approach of really becoming part of life around us um those types of inconveniences those types of setbacks don't they don't sting as hard we're, we're, we're still going to feel the way we feel i mean we still have this human experience that we're all individually and collectively sharing in and, and going through but when when you don't become so self-centered and self and focused on ourselves and, and start realizing the bigger picture it, it all of those all of those bad days just they're not as bad anymore i don't think i don't know if you feel the same way or if you've experienced that or, or have to play in on that but um that sense of center uh becomes a little bit stronger um that balance and so it takes a little bit more if not a lot more in some cases to pull that balance off um mm -hmm. something when you're unbalanced uh, very small is going to tip the scale very quickly you're going to be uh, quick to react emotional reaction instead of taking the time to think understand and then react yeah so when i like you strengthen that, that balance uh, it takes more to tip that scale uh, where before just anything would set it off yeah it, it's almost like you know the 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 knee-jerk reaction the the you know, reacting out of a, out of the response of the moment, mm -hmm. you know, um, I like to because I am who I am and because I've, I've you know, been in my Germanic side of, of heathenry for as long as I have it. I always compare stuff like that to, you know, reacting like Thor, uh, you know, action first. Think about it later. Very, 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 you know, action driven without really thinking too much about the consequences or what's going to happen throughout it all. You know, Thor's not known for his wit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a place for that. I mean, there's a place for, I think, you know, knowing when to, when to take action and when to not be, um, you know, uh, I don't want to say like scared to take action, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like there, there, there's moments and there's times when that's important. Um, but there's, I think, far more opportunity and far more time for us to uh, think a bit, a bit, think a bit about what the consequences of our actions. Right, making a choice to be angry, making a choice to be upset, making a choice to be bitter. Those are all choices, right? The thing that's happening that's causing us to feel that way, um, we're choosing to react to it in that fashion, and with with what we're talking about and, and and having that sense of appreciating spirit 
connecting to spirit, having, you know, th those shared experiences. Uh, I think we're more inclined, I think we're more inclined to understand what the consequences of our actions are when we become cognizant of that, when we become aware even, of that. Even if it comes from uh, a selfish place, peace is very hard to come by. Uh, there's so much chaos and strife and turmoil in our day-to-day -day lives with work and everything else going on. Uh, peace is very, very hard to come by. So when you get to a point of a state of peace, like you've got a, a center that you maintain, you take a second to think when and where you're willing to jeopardize that peace. Mm. Uh, is this off the wall comment on social media worth me disrupting my peace to take the time to be upset about, take the time to clack on this keyboard so that I feel good for having said something back to this jerk or whatever. Yeah. Is it worth it? You think to yourself and then you're able to make that decision. You're able to weigh out the consequence and then you can preserve your peace or you can be like Thor. <laughs> and just be mad all the time. <laughs> there are times that it's appropriate. There's a time and a place for everything. And um, yeah. some things absolutely deserve a response, but then some things, a response is baited from you to disrupt your peace. Yeah. So you've got to make that decision. And when you have a stronger center of peace, a stronger center of balance, um, you're going to be much happier uh, with yourself and more pleasant for those around you as well. Yeah. It's and you know it's like a it's almost like a the uh, the way the world is now I think the way we've just advanced as a as a species the way the world is now and in, in the in, in the the online culture the the, the social media prevalence um, it's almost like it is something that we have become accustomed to like oh this is just part of life now. Like we have to respond to this person's comment. We have to say something about what this person said. Like I gotta, I gotta, <clears throat> like with social media, you know, like you get these messages sometimes, you know, and, and if you're not connected with that person through the platforms, you know, it goes into this like inbox of requests, you know, I'm talking about like a requested message, right? And I see them sometimes and I'll go through, and I'll be like, well, who's sending me a message about what and why? And I got a message from somebody not all that long ago, and it was in regards to a post that I had made about um, shamanism and how that term is so egregiously misused and, and, and how anybody who just seems to like anybody who like, <laughs> I think one of the examples that was made in the post was like, you know, anybody who's had like a psychedelic experience comes back and thinks all of a sudden they're a shaman now. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and they go off on these, you know, uh, tangents on, on, on things. And it's like, no, uh, first of all, that ain't it. Um, and, and, and even if you've had profound, um, experiences through the use of plant medicine and, and, and other things that have given you this re revived awoken kind of perspective on things that does not mean by any stretch of the imagination that you are anything uh, close to being what a shaman is right? you have no business calling yourself that and then and and so out of that 
post that I had shared, somebody had messaged me and was like, well, what do you think about, you know, um, the, uh, the misuse of, of, of our symbols and, and how our heritage is being attacked and our culture is this and that. And I, dude, I had to read that message like 20 something times. Like I literally sat there just like scrolling through reading the message, never responded to it because I'm like, this seems baity as hell. Like this seems like somebody who just wants me to say something about, yeah, our Germanic heritage, this and that. I'm like, ah, yeah. It, it, it didn't feel right you know it didn't feel like the thing that i wanted to talk about or, or, or entertain i mean there, there's there's so much of that and 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 everybody knows i think just the general consensus of the fact that yes you know symbols get misused things get misappropriated and we're stuck here dealing with it and that's unfortunate but it was it was it was it was a moment where i was like at one point in time i probably would have been like firing back with my thoughts and my opinions about you know that and i'm like but what does this have to do with the thing that i that i talked about like we're, we're, it's apples and oranges here man like well that's something that um a lot of people are actually confused about in terminology they think that animism is shamanism shamanism is animism right um, animism is that acknowledgement of spirit world where shamanism is more the ability to connect and communicate in that spirit world. Right. So there's, and there's, I mean, that, that obviously, you know, we're talking about shared roots. Um, that is obviously something that has existed in, in cultures since time immemorial as well. I mean, there are, you know, the, the Toltec shamans, there are, there are Asiatic, uh, you know, Shinto, uh, shamans, there are Germanic, you know, the Volvas, the the the, the Saith Konas, the Saith Maders. Like there, there's different names for the for those types that have um, gone through things and that have that have experienced ordeal and that have. I think first and foremost, like that's that's something that is is uh, you're you're given that title by the people that recognize you as such. You know, it's. You don't just walk away from an experience and go, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm the shaman now. Yeah, you, you can't go around um, just calling yourself a surgeon. And right. other people aren't going to just come up and be like, hey, what's up, surgeon? Right. <laughs> with, with no knowledge, no education, no credential, um, uh, nothing to show for it. Yeah. Uh, it isn't think- something that, like, I can call myself a cook. I can go and cook and that's okay, but I can't call myself a chef because I've not earned that degree. I've not put forth uh, the effort in the education and the formal training or apprenticeships um, toward being a chef. Yeah. And there are many different kinds of chefs. There are sous chefs and um, chefs that specialize in certain cuisines and the same thing in the spirit medicine world. And they have many different names through many different cultures and, not all do the same exact thing for their culture and community. Uh, you would be in a village and seek out one person for a physical ailment, and that would be much like a doctor, or you would seek out another person for a spiritual ailment, uh, which would be much like a doctor that we know now as a psychiatrist. Or Right. Yeah, even that term in, in, in Western uh, applications, you know, uh, you can be a doctor of, dozens of different things you know 
Um, and, you know, it's like you were saying, you know, like the, the, the interchanging terms, shaman, animist, I think all, uh, I think all shamans are animists, not all animists are shamans. Absolutely right. Even though many would think differently. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, I knew, uh, you know, I knew a guy who was a self-proclaimed um, shaman. Uh, and I, I mean, he was like, he would like call himself the shaman. And I'm like, why? Because you got a, you know, a fox fur on your shoulders and you, you know, got this cool headdress that you paid money and bought and and you know you're 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 putting on the the get up you know you kind of look the part but who the hell are you i think you know and it, it does it goes back to like the whole like titles thing i've i've, I've repeatedly talked about various podcasts before and in, in, in different ways before it's you know the thing that you get called the the, the name that you've been given i it has to be that it has to be what you've been given by the, yeah, people, the truth by comes you. out when it comes time to do the work. Oh yeah, uh, I could put on a, a white coat right now and a stethoscope and um, put some rubber gloves on, but then if somebody walks me into the surgery room, I'm going to be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> right? Uh, I've got all this gear on. I look the part. I've got the name tag and everything, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm yeah. going to mess this up because I don't have the training and the education. Uh, to right. be successful in this. So you can wear whatever you want to call yourself, whatever you want to, but if you can't do the work, you're not going about it. Right. And why would you even, I, I mean, why, 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 uh, goes back to appropriating things, right? It's, it's it the clout. It's the attention. Out. Yeah. Uh, the attention that it brings. It's a very mysterious, mystical thing, uh, to be thought of or to have people consider you to be. And so there's, but if they Good even knew might come along with that, that I'm important, I'm someone special. Yeah. Um, people think this of me and it makes me feel good about myself. And in contrast, right. The real ones. I know, you know who I'm talking about. Right? I mean, cause you know, the real ones, you know, uh, they're the last ones to call themselves anything. They're the last ones to want to, be known by that title and they're also not i don't want to say as happy as the people that put those titles on themselves because there's again there's this there's this there's this degree of uh you know again the the, the clout that you're seeking for wanting to be known as as this thing out of the other you know, like that that mystical kind of woo woo wow you're really mysterious right that oh, i feel cool to be called this the real ones are, I don't know, they, 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 for me at least, it's, it's, it's like they don't go around with that air about them thinking that there's some hot shit. You know what I mean? Like, they're, it's, it's different. You know, it's, my primary work is as a craftsman. Um, I don't go around to the grocery store or any place out and about and just constantly introduce myself to everyone to let them know so that they know so that i know that they know i'm a craftsman you don't feel mm -hmm. the need to do that it's just um it's your work <laughs> it's your occupation it's what you do it's yeah. not really a lead-off thing 
Uh, so no, you don't see uh, many shaman or medicine men or medicine women or uh, healers in that regard who are doing the real work, going around making sure that that title or that name tag or uh, that that's out there in the forefront. They don't walk around with it on their forehead or yeah, yeah. They don't they don't have to be preceded by that thing that that they're known by and you know uh makes me think of like that joke like with the vegans you know it's like hi welcome to welcome to welcome to arby's how would you i'm a vegan you know and they gotta like <laughs> announce the fact that they are it's like okay uh, and you don't how can you tell if a person's a vegan uh you don't have to because they'll, they'll tell, tell you <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> yeah yeah and 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 it goes i think it also really goes back to um we uh, you know our, our our deeds define us and and through our deeds that's what we should be leading by lead by deed is you know you know kind of like the thing that we walked away from with fire on the mountain last year and have been you know hopefully every individual who was a part of that um that 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 got everything out of of the event that they were supposed to um lives in that way it's 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 not just it, it's not just a phrase it's not just a statement of you know it sounds cool it rhymes this that or whatever um it, it, leading by deed you know being I've, I've said this before too the, the word believe when you believe in something you are alive in it to believe means to be alive in it right so if i believe in something then i'm alive in it and 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 it's not just something that you're going to see occasionally it's not something you're going to hear about in passing it's it's what it's what it is it's what i am it's what we are and those shared experiences those those roots that when when we get into stuff like this, right, the, that that the animistic side of things, uh, we we really become part of that that root system. We really become a part of shared experiences, and and those things nurture one another. Like we nurture one another through through that root system. Words can make um, great speech, but when we put action to those words, that makes great leadership. Anybody can talk a good game, but what so many of our communities need right now are genuine leaders. Uh, because yeah, show me. we've got so many people out there talking that good game because you type up some words and you post them. It gets a lot of likes and you get that instant gratification. That's not real leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, If you're inspiring people with words, that's good, but inspire them by following up your own words with that action practice what you preach right yeah because i mean like i think and that, and that's that goes to you know being uh you know wanting to have that renown that that reputation as it were i mean uh a lot of folks like to go back and and read inspirational quotes from philosophers and and leaders of the past and stuff and see what did these what do these men and women at the time 
have to say to their people at the time? And how does it measure up to our life and our experiences now? And, you know, how can we uh, kind of be inspired in a way to continue that legacy, right? And, and, and to be inspirational. Um, but the purpose, you know, is, I think is, is, is where a lot of folks get get lost in is is are you are you doing it just for the likes for the attention um or are you experiencing something yourself that you genuinely feel can be beneficial to others and that's why you're sharing what you're sharing i think if you're just spouting off stuff on a daily basis i mean not to not to take away from anyone's experiences but like man you know if if you're if you've got some you know wisecrack thing to say every single day of your life like all right all right i mean i don't i don't have anything i don't have any you know wise quibs of of, of wisdom or anything to to, to, to share on a day-to-day -day basis every now and then I, I have something that comes across my heart and across my mind that i feel is important that i want to share but it ain't like happening every day and if it is no. how genuine can it really be if it's just I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm reading too far into it. But it seems no, like I feel pretty divinely inspired myself, and um, often share messages of those inspirations. But I also live them. But yeah, it's not so profound that I'm living in a constant state of it. Yeah. Right, and I again, I'm have to do things like go to the bathroom and um, regular. Uh, duties and I don't know too many people that's going to be uh, locked in a stall and have that epiphany uh, come to mind with these great and profound words. Yeah, it, it, to me, it feels like if you if it ha if it's happening on that frequent of a basis, you have to almost be digging for stuff. You know, like you've got to be out there. Like you got to go looking for it in a way like it and and then how is that genuine it, it's not something that's coming to you it's something that you're you're going out and trying to find because oh i gotta maintain this you know persona this 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 attitude this thing that or the other because that's you know what i like people to know me as like i don't know uh, again maybe i'm maybe i'm grasping at straws with with stuff like that but no, it, i totally it, get it and i tell so many people the same thing when it comes to um, practice i get a lot of people that come to me and ask for book recommendations books yeah. are wonderful learning tools but you have to practice yourself you have to go out there and have these experiences otherwise if you're only reading you're only experiencing someone else's story someone else's journey you're only experiencing through them what they experienced you're not living it yeah. So they're a great learning tool, but don't forget to get out there and practice yourself as well. Right. And I also, as I think through what I'm saying and hearing what you have to say too, I also wonder if that constant feeding of information to, again, because we are in this, 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 you know, social media. Um, model of, of of life where everybody's you know scrolling through their timelines and looking for things that they like right and they see words or phrases or pictures or, or whatever things that may be considered inspiration right 
when when it's that regular and when it's when it's happening on that high of a frequency uh regularly how much good is it really doing for those people to like you say practice it experience it and do it yourself or are they just like well what's my daily inspirational quote that i should be looking at and they're not thinking they're not, they're not they're not focusing the attention on living in a way that is bringing them their own inspiration and bringing them their own divine knowledge or, or whatever they're just looking for somebody else to give it to them and be like yeah dude that was great or i like this or uh, and the quality of the inspiration is it inspiring only to the point that it makes you feel good for a little bit or is it inspiring you about to it. go about your day in ways that you're performing deed and you are practicing right your walk of life your path that is quality inspiration if you're reading a message that motivates you to action and to deed to better your life and the people around you absolutely mm -hmm. if it's just to feel good for a few minutes that might still be inspiration but it's not the same quality yeah 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 I don't know. it was just like something i think about i mean because again how much of what people's uh existence is nowadays is is so instant gratification right what do i you know something to get me by right What's going to get me by and then you know 90 percent of the rest of the time i'm just you know not connected to the life that is existing and thriving around me i'm not i'm not tapping into those roots i'm not becoming part of this whole experience i'm just capturing a moment in time that's kind of like a uh I mean, I think in a way it's almost like a drug, man. It's like it's a, that that instant high that that let, give me something good to feel in this moment. And then oh. the rest of the time it's it's everything sucks. And, oh, I'll get my high. I'll get my fix tomorrow when I open up my phone or I look at this person's post or this or that. You know, if we were meant to be so connected, um, we would have been born with cables and ports and all sorts of other things. But we're born of. The minerals of the earth um, i have no doubt that in time i'm sure humankind will start being born with um, the capabilities to plug directly into our systems our computer systems that we've created but uh, for the time being especially I hope we've got to remember to connect to what makes us up what makes up our physical self and our spirit self and that's out there in the land and the trees and the wind and the rivers and that connection there uh, is the same connection in what's inside of us. It'll do you some good. It'll do you great good. Um, and I do want to wrap it up um, in consideration of time, your time, my time, everyone's time. Um, with all of this that we talk about, you know, man, um, you know, uh, one one could look at your posts, right? One could look at your life. And be like, yeah, it's easy for him to say this because look at where he lives, right? Look at what he does. Look at his life, right? It's easy for 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 these guys to talk about things because you know, well, Jesse's by the river, and you know, Papa's up there in the mountains, and all this. And then you know, that person seeing or reading or hearing this or whatever it might be, you know, kind of stuck to, you know, um, uh, 
geographical locations that don't reflect that same level of connection to nature and, and all the things that we're talking about, what, what advice would you want to impart or give to folks that may be stuck to a more, you know, urban living, city living, that sort of thing, and maybe feeling like they're just not able to do this. Like it may, it may seem intimidating to some people I'm thinking, you know, like what advice would you give to the folks that might be facing something like that? Uh, this was actually a subject and a talking point that I had. And of course, a few years ago with the Scandinavian Center for Shamanic Studies, uh, a lot of participants in the group lived in um, cities. Uh, Madrid, Spain was one of them. It doesn't get much more metropolitan than a, a capital like Madrid. And what we came up with and came down to and some of my talking points and advice for those people are to get it where you can. Um, most cities have parks and natural spaces uh, that they've been able to preserve or maintain. Um, plants, house plants. Uh, if you have balcony space or deck space at your apartment or condo or even on your windowsill, um, if you can't get out to nature, incorporate nature into where you are. Um, get yourself a fountain and have some flowing water, that spirit of flowing water there um, with you if you can't get near a river or a stream. But there are so many ways that you can still um, surround yourself with nature if you can't go to be surrounded by it. A lot of people, especially uh, in the Asian communities, practice with the bonsai tree. That's a beautiful tradition. There are so many amazing uh, plants that thrive in an environment in that um, capacity to be a potted plant. Uh, orchids are beautiful plants that do very well we have uh we have an orchid plant that i that i got from my wife um i mean it's got to be over a year old and it was a small little potted orchid you know um and we got it on like a schedule you know twice a week it gets like an ice cube of water because that's all it needs you know and it, and it stays bloomed you know there's there's always the white and purple flowers on the orchid peace lilies or another one for folks, um, you know, if you live in a in a very, you know, residential uh, urban area, you know, peace lilies do really well potted. Um, they don't require a lot of care in terms of you know, uh, water them two three times a week, and it doesn't take a lot. Um, and they will continue to bloom those white uh, flowers. Um, you you almost have to really forcefully destroy a bee slowly for it to not to not grow well right um so that's great advice and and those are some examples to to, to your point of things like it fosters that um it fosters that relationship and that connection um, because you are caring for the plant or whatever piece of nature and it in turn uh, cares for you there are many plants that drastically improve air quality mm-hmm in indoor spaces, whether it be that you live in an apartment or um, downstairs at mom and dad's or um, a city building. Many people are now keeping plants in office buildings to help improve the air quality. Uh, so you yep. care for that thing and it cares in return. And that is real relationship. That's real connection and interaction. Yep. 
It's, and it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, herb gardens are another one, too. I think, you know, uh, consumable uh, mm-hmm. vegetation, you know what I mean? Like there's, um, you know, plenty of, of, of windowsill uh, potted you know things that you can plant you know things like herbs you know basil uh, rosemary parsley things like that you then grow it and can use it in your cooking um which we talked earlier about as being a very you know central part of of the family unit of of connecting with our loved ones right using ingredients that we grow that we cultivate ourselves right there's the satisfaction that you have of of reaping the rewards of your of your labor um and that's a that's that's i think part of, of what we're talking about with 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 animism it's it's not just recognizing and acknowledging the existence of life that we share but but being a part of it down to the level that we're like we're describing right now right caring for the life of that of that plant or of that herb or of that vegetable or whatever it is you know you know, you're engaged. Uh, yeah. You're taking your place in all life, not just human life. Yeah. And I, again, I say before, right, I, I, I challenge anyone to who may be feeling bad or, or, or negative, have a negative feeling in their life to, to, to do things like we're describing. And I challenge you to not then feel different and better as a result of being engaged at that level. Your quality of life will improve. All life, like your mental health, your, your your spiritual health, your physical health. I mean, it's it, it's a domino effect. It's 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 compounded. It's it's you can't help but it can't help but be that because again, we are all connected in that way. So you insert yourself into that root system. You become a part of that mycelial network in a way. It's it's it it it's proven. It can you know can't help but feel better about it. So. Good advice. Thank you for for sharing that. Um, sure. And uh, thank you, everybody, for for tuning in here today. Uh, was there anything else, Papa, that you wanted to to add, or anything that we didn't touch upon before we wrap things up? Um, I don't think so. Other than um, if you are interested in animism and getting back to that connection uh, that so many of our ancestors. Uh, lived by and appreciated and respected and revered. Uh, it's as easy as getting out in nature. And if you're interested in that uh, bit that we were talking a bit ago on lead by deed, Sacred Trail Society is um, an environmental awareness organization that I work very closely with Jesse on. And it is to lead by deed, uh, to get out and take action in keeping these sacred spaces. Uh, natural spaces, shared spaces, as they should be, um, litter-free and uh, without the bother and leavings of careless people. Uh, they're dwindling, and it's something that absolutely needs our attention and our intervention to maintain and preserve. Yeah, 100% agreed. And um, the Sacred Trail Society... Uh, uh, Facebook page and Instagram will be linked in the description and show notes of this podcast, as well as um, you guys have a, we, there's a, there's a 
website, AppalachianAnimism.com, I think, is the... Yeah, you can find the Sacred Trail Society page under AppalachianAnimism.com, uh, and the Sacred Trail Society link on there also has a link to um, the shop if you would like to show your support and help continue our efforts to greater preserve, conserve, and take care of these natural spaces. Um, the shop's there with some great gear with our uh, Sacred Trail Society logo. I'm not pitching to sell anybody anything, but um, if you are so inspired to uh, support in that way, those things are available. Yes. And it's a great, I think, a way for, for people to feel a part of it, right? I mean, as, as being custodians of the land, as it were. I mean, what we what we talk about with, with Sacred Trail Society is not really so much like, it just, just you know, if you're walking down, you know, uh, a city park or whatever, and there's a bottle or, you know, a can or a bag or, or some sort of trash piece, you know what I mean? You, you didn't put it there. Um, and it's, you know, it's not about, you know, picking up these things uh, uh, for, for ourselves necessarily, but it's, it's for the next group of people that come through. It's, it's, it's for the future, right? It's, it's, we are caretakers and custodians of the land. This, this is our home. Right. We, we are sharing space with all of this life that we have talked about this whole episode. And um, even if you didn't put it there, um, you know, t g come out with more than what you came in with, I guess, is, is the point. Right. Like just because you didn't leave it there doesn't mean you can't take it away. Yeah. It's not cleaning up for the person who left it there. It's cleaning up for the person who didn't. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it is appreciated. I mean, I can say, you know, when, when, and this isn't the reason why I do it, but like when I've been out here picking up, you know, trash and stuff along the greenway or along the trails and stuff that I've been at and people have come across like, you know, joggers, hikers, walkers and whatever. And, and they'll, they'll notice, I'll oh, thank you, you know, for that. Well, sure. I, and, and don't forget, you know, you got two hands just like me, right? Like, you can do the same thing. Like we're all in this together in the, in that capacity. Right. So, um, it's rewarding to, uh, to take care of our home in this way. So definitely check out the, the links that are posted for sacred trail society. Um, either down in the description, if you're watching this on Patreon or in the show notes of the audio podcast, if you're listening. So, and Fjallvatir, too. Fjallvatir Workshop, which Papa's, you know, um, the craftsperson behind him and his wife, too. I mean, it's 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 a family-run business. It's a family-run heathen business, pagan business. But a beautiful, beautiful craftsmanship, um, mostly locally sourced items from the areas of Appalachia where, where they live. Um, yeah. So you're getting good quality. We just talked about you are 100% going to see that animistic inspiration um, in the pieces that uh, we craft. And it's in that working with the spirit of the deer or the willow tree or whatever it be. Uh, it's a way to honor and respect that life and that spirit. Yeah, it's really good stuff. So um, Papa Olson, my brother, I appreciate you coming on here for uh, for this week's episode and rambling with me about sharing roots and i hope for everybody that is listening and watching that you've uh you gotten something out of this and and that uh you know you look to uh 
tap into those roots and 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 be a part of the life not just as an awareness sort of thing but as a living and breathing uh symbiotic relationship share share in the life that that that's 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 thriving surviving and and so vibrant around all of us um jesse thank you very much for the opportunity uh to come and join you once again like i said before at the beginning of the show it's always a joy and uh thanks everybody that tuned in for this and uh, i'll piggyback on jesse there and i do hope that you got something out of it if anything um maybe a spark in your interest to explore the spirit that's around you outside of just what you may think of spirit in terms of our fellow human beings but find it all around you yeah beautifully said well folks that wraps it up for this episode of the random heathen ramblings podcast if you're listening to this on the audio platforms uh follow upvote i mean different platforms you know elicit or solicit you to uh to do different things and it's appreciated when you do that share it around uh for those folks that you think might enjoy topics like this uh for my patrons on patreon that are supporting and pledging uh including papa olis in here um thank you for your patron support uh to keep the video format of this podcast going strong it is greatly appreciated and um hope you enjoyed it so do be sure to upvote it heart it react do do those things as well um check the description and show notes for all the ways that you can support midgard musings as a whole follow me on all the socials uh purchase merchandise through the spring store um check out all the ways that you can support and and hope that we uh, have something there that that fits your your interest so until we see and talk to each other again in the next episode may the gods continue to notice you and may your ancestors smile upon you. And we'll see you in the next one.